Hello and welcome all you spiritual rebels, heretics, and revolutionaries out there. My name is Lawrence Gallian, and this is The Silence of the Mind, the most direct and experiential podcast to help you attain enlightenment and self-actualization in this lifetime. We are not believers, we are experiencers. Hello and welcome all you spiritual rebels, heretics, and revolutionaries out there. This is The Silence of the Mind, and my name is Lawrence Gallian, and thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button and give this podcast five stars. Today we're going to delve into the subject of illumination, enlightenment, also called Satori and Nirvana. The great Chan master Linji Yishuan uttered, quote, Be a master everywhere, and wherever you stand is your true place. Unquote. Chan is unique in that you might regard at least the earliest forms of Chan as being a kind of renegade Buddhism. Linji Yishuan is very famous as the person who said, if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. As the teachings of the Buddha migrated into China, the earliest practitioners of what would become Chan experimented with incorporating indigenous beliefs and other practices into Buddhism. Also, they only had very bad translations of the Buddha's teachings. Still, from this kind of chaos Buddhism emerged what became Chan. Wherever you are is the right place. It's time to use modern terminology when we speak of Chan, Mushin, Wuxin, and Zen. The old tales and koans are great, and I am definitely not recommending throwing them out. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we have definitely learned more about the human mind through such modern tools as the fMRI, Functional Magnetic Resonance Imaging, or Functional MRI measures brain activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. This technique relies on the fact that cerebral blood flow and neuronal activation are coupled. When an area of the brain is in use, blood flow to that region also increases. We have at least a more complete dictionary of terms that pertain to the mind. For example, we have learned about the fact that humans are basically beings with at least two minds, the right brain and the left brain. These two hemispheres are also divided into front and back. So now we're up to four minds. We also have what is called the reptilian brain, 
a very ancient remnant of our earlier evolutionary development. I'm sorry to have to say that the concept that the right brain is creative and the left brain is logical has been disproven. Still, it is a fact that certain parts of these five brains we've talked about are centers for certain abilities, for example, speech. But scientists have not been able to find any specific physical, biological difference between a creative person's brain and a scientist's brain. However, scientifically, there has been a strengthening of the evidence that we all have an unconscious mind. And this unconsciousness controls 90 to 95 percent of all our decisions and actions. While psychiatrists are now saying that all talk of the unconscious is outdated and incorrect, scientific researchers are more than ever discovering how important a role the unconscious plays in our everyday lives. I have spoken about how Wuxin can be defined as unconsciously conscious. Bruce Lee hit the nail on the head when he said, quote, Nirvana is to be consciously unconscious or to be unconsciously conscious. That is its secret, the act. Here he means anything for a martial arts movement to the stroke of a painter's brush is so direct and immediate that intellectualization finds no room to insert itself and cut the act to pieces." Unquote. In other words, rational thinking completely destroys the act, whether it is a heavy metal singer's spontaneous roar, a jazz pianist playing a note, or a martial artist throwing a punch. So what am I saying? I am saying that the unconscious mind, without interference from the rational mind, is the consciously unconscious. Remember, in previous episodes, we have spoken about how the real masters of Chan or Zen do not say that you should never think. The mind is a tool. You take it out of your toolbox when needed and then put it back inside your toolbox when not needed. I mean, you don't walk around with a wrench or a nail gun unless you're a serial killer. And this makes sense, doesn't it? And the internet is making this situation even worse. Everyone now is walking around with their smart or cell phone instead of seeing where you are being fully present where you are you are barely aware of where you are and most of your brain is focused on the screen of your smartphone tablet or whatever gadget you have 
Rudolf Steiner wrote, quote, Whoever seeks higher knowledge must create it for himself. He must instill it into his soul. It cannot be done by study. It can only be done through life. Whoever therefore wishes to become a student of higher knowledge must assiduously cultivate this inner life of devotion. Everywhere in his environment and his experiences, he must seek motives of admiration and homage. If I meet a man and blame him for his shortcomings, I rob myself of power to attain higher knowledge. But if I try to enter lovingly into his merits, I gather such power. The student must continually be intent upon following this advice. The spiritually experienced know how much they owe to the circumstance that in face of all things they ever again turn to the good and withhold adverse judgment. But this must not remain an external rule of life. Rather, it must take possession of our innermost soul." Unquote. Chan came about as a reaction against an intellectual and religious approach to enlightenment. Five hundred years later, the world is no different. Universities are filled with professors who think that by reading numerous books and by gaining advanced postdoctoral degrees in religious studies, they can understand enlightenment. I once, when I was briefly attending the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida, was sitting with my music theory class, and the professor actually said, for years I wanted to understand music. Finally, when I took my first music theory class, I at last understood music. I thought to myself, what a bloody fool. He's like a med student dissecting a cadaver and exclaiming, I now know what a human being is. What are some tools that you can use to attain enlightenment? Well, we have spoken at length about the importance of silencing the mind. There is no better tool to do this than meditation. It does not really matter what sort of meditation you choose. Just do it. Make a commitment to yourself. I want you to write down on a piece of paper something like this. I will meditate every day at 7 a.m. for 20 minutes. It has been proven over and over again in double-blind studies that if you write down what you are going to do and you are very specific about the day and time, 
there is a 90% chance you will do what you intend to do. But what if you just can't get yourself to meditate? No worries. There is something that you can do. Something having to do with your work or a hobby that you practice on a regular basis. For example, I am a pianist. Every day, to warm up my fingers, I play scales. Well, I chose one scale, and instead of just playing it once and then going on to playing other scales, I play this one scale over and over again. I sometimes play it so many times that I lose count. I don't stop when I finish the scale. I just immediately begin again. So if you like baseball, throw the ball up in the air and catch it with your glove over and over again. Maybe say to yourself at the start that you will do it 25 times. Then do it 25 times. But soon, after several days, you will find yourself just getting lost and you'll be throwing that ball up in the air maybe 50 or more times. You are not thinking as you do this because you are focused on throwing and catching the ball. You are seeing, which is very important in Wuxin. You are seeing the ball. Remember, seeing is so very important in Wuxin. So I suggest you go to one of your food storage places and turn everything upside down. Turn all your cans that you have upside down. Or maybe open your refrigerator and turn everything upside down. You can do this with your book collection or any collection of things in your living space. Heck, even turn some chairs upside down. You will find that your rational mind has great difficulty with seeing things like this and will be very uncomfortable. This is good. You want to make your rational mind uncomfortable. If you have any artistic talent, and I'm not saying that you have to be so excellent that you hang your paintings around your house. Just maybe you sketch a little bit or doodle. It doesn't matter. Or on the other hand, maybe you're a really talented painter. This is really not the point. The point is that I want you to draw some objects. But first, place them upside down. Take a box of cereal, turn it upside down and draw it. Invert various objects, vases, vacuum cleaners, a chair, a bottle of soda, and draw or paint it. This exercise will confirm found your rational mind as it always seeks to see certain concepts. In other words, if you are drawing a chair right side up, you automatically know 
There are the legs, the seat of the chair, the seat back. But if you are drawing a chair that's overturned, then the unconscious has to kick into gear. Nothing is where it should be. So for the first time, you are actually seeing the chair. Again, seeing, true seeing, is extremely important in wuxin or muxin, however you choose to pronounce it. If you are a talented artist, I challenge you to paint the negative space around the chair or person that you're drawing. Everything and every person has what I call negative space around them. What is negative space? This is the space that they do not occupy. Draw that without drawing the chair or person or whatever object you have chosen. Dancers consciously work with negative space. Miyamoto Musashi wrote the famous book titled Book of Five Rings. Steve Kaufman, in his introduction to this book, writes, quote, He was committed to his sword, but also dedicated to learning painting, sculpture, and poetry. He instinctively felt it necessary to understand the arts and be accomplished in them. Musashi did not differentiate between any of these arts, unquote. We have to understand the warrior culture in which Musashi lived before judging his equating slashing someone's head off with his sword to writing a poem. Some people are very judgmental about Asian culture, but at the same time love to see movies and read about the warrior culture of Sparta in Greece or about Alexander the Great and his goal of conquering the world. These same people often thrill to watching movies of gladiators fighting to the death in ancient Rome or the ancient Vikings. So do not be so quick to judge this time in Asian history. Musashi wrote, quote, Perception and sight are two important principles in my strategy. Perception relies on intuition. This is developed through practice. Sight is based on the physical ability to use the eyes. Understand the difference and the sameness of perception and sight." Unquote. Most importantly of all is to let go of your desire to become enlightened. Now I know this is not easy, but it is essential. 
The only way to let go of this desire is to immerse yourself in one thing or another, fully throw yourself into your hobbies and interests. Because the ego is subtle, and we all know of many gurus who have completely screwed up by abusing their students emotionally, sexually, and financially. Many of these gurus started out as very wise men and women, but their egos gradually took control of them. The great master Linji Yishuan said, quote, When it's time to get dressed, put on your clothes. When you must walk, then walk. When you must sit, then sit. Just be your ordinary self in ordinary life, unconcerned in seeking for Buddhahood. When you're tired, lie down. The fool will laugh at you, but the wise man will understand." Unquote. Remember, no one ordained the Buddha, so do not be intimidated by those who say you can only receive Zen or Chan by studying face to face with a master. Do what you love to do. In silence there is illumination. In stillness, clarity is ever present. As Henry David Thoreau said, the question is not what you look at, but what you see. Come back to the reality of what is happening now. Until the next time, peace. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean the absolute world to me if you gave this podcast five stars. I am not selling you anything or even asking you to donate to Patreon because I know how profoundly difficult it is for most of you with this unspeakably difficult pandemic to make ends meet. Probably the most important thing you can do is to leave this podcast a five-star review. Go to this podcast page Lawrence Gallian's The Silence of the Mind and tap on Rate Podcast to leave a rating and review. Five stars factor into marketing and sponsorship as I'm in this for the long haul. Remember, the ultimate reality is unknowable. The Upanishads say, quote, if you think that you understand Brahman, you do not understand. You have yet to be instructed further. If you know that you do not understand, then you truly understand. For the Brahman is unknown to those who know it and known to those who know it not. Unquote. If you say it is zero, you are wrong. If you say it is one, you are wrong. 
if you say it is three, you are also wrong. About the divine, you can only say, not this, not that.